Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your hosts, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex. Or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins and let's drop in. Hey, welcome freelancers to episode 99 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. A very special episode, I might add. I said that earlier and Booga from Twitter um, was making fun of me that I say every episode is a very (laughs) special episode. But I think this episode is even more special because we are joined by guest, former former employee of BioWare, Presley Haynes. And it's Haynes, right? Like Heinz, but close enough. Heinz. Okay, so and, and this is what I was gonna ask. Like Heinz, like heiress to the, the Heinz ketchup um dynasty. <laughs> I wish. Okay. That would be fun. Different. Well, we're grateful. Um, Presley, that you were able to make it out, you're able to join us. We've been talking a lot back and forth on Twitter on Twitter for a really long time. Tried to get you on while you were with BioWare, but BioWare was like, they didn't really want us to talk to anyone ever. They're like, please don't talk to the Freelancer Codex. So um, we were kind of blackballed from that. So we're glad that you were able to come on now. So welcome to the show. I mean, Steve's got thank all you very much. this really is going to be the highlight of the month, right? I'm guessing. What, I'd say so. What could be more exciting than this? So we like to say hi to Phaedron in Alaska. They're hanging out and chat with us. So glad to see you guys here. All right, today it's the 15th of August, a very fun day here because all of uh, all the kids go back to school um, over here and in our neck of the woods. So kids are back. Parents are happy. Teachers are super sad, I guess. Um, Mike, I mean, as a teacher, I mean, you look sad. Are you sad that you have all your kids back in school now? I am actually not. I was ready. I think, I I don't know if all teachers feel this way, but I feel like there's a a limit to summer and it's time to go back and it's time to get back going. And, and it's fun to see all the kiddos and their new stuff and their faces and they're just bright and full and they're ready to go. And it's, it's fun to be a part of that. And it's fun to help kiddos um, reach their potential. So I am, I, I enjoy what I do and I, and I love it a lot. So very I'm cool. excited. I'm glad to be back. You can channel all that excitement into the show, and it's going to be great. Um, so it has been 181 days since the game has launched, and it's been nine days since the Cataclysm has gone live. So we're going to do a lot of talk about the Cataclysm. We're gonna First, we're going to let Presley um, tell us who she is, what she does, what it means to be an audio artist. We've got a couple of housekeeping things we're going to do. We've got some new bosses to shout out on. And then we've got some news to cover. And then we'll jump into the Cataclysm. Because I think, like that nine days, I think the the overall feeling of the Cataclysm is kind of shifted. Because it's something that, it's really hard the first couple of days to jump into the Cataclysm and wrap your minds around it. But now that nine days have gone past, it really seems like a lot of players that we've encountered out in the field um, have really grasped the concept and things have progressed a lot better. So first things first, Presley, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and how you make things that are imaginary have sound? Because that that seems very foreign to me. How do you take something that no one's ever imagined and like, and this is what it sounds like? Well, that's a a pretty huge question, really, in the end. Um... (laughs) But yeah, so yeah, I guess I'm an audio artist. Uh, My whole job is designing the audio for the game. Uh, At Bioware in particular, I was mainly in charge of uh, helping out on creatures. Uh, So they gave me things such as the little elemental ads that come in, 
with the monitor, uh, the Ascaria Elder, the Luminary was a big one. Um, I did a little bit on Vera. Uh, the Gravit King that showed up for a bit in the test server. Yep. Um, <clears throat> that was a thing. <laughs> uh, and every sort of aspect of it is very different in terms of how to make the thing sound like the thing. You know, a lot of it for me is real world inspiration. So if I'm looking at uh, the Luminary, it was a lot of, you know, kind of rackety old metal kind of stuff is what I imagined. It was just kind of like hobbled together in any way they could manage to create this big source of destruction. So I used a lot of clanking metal, a lot of like rusty kind of ronks and creaks that I could find and stuff like that. A lot of like so, sledgehammer on car. And, so <laughs> so, so you got you say, to beat up a car. When you say find, what do you mean? Did you, are you in a studio creating this sound? Are you mixing it on a soundboard? Is it all digital? Like, like what do you mean find? Uh, so for find for me is either find the inspiration and then go and record it. Or okay. find it in a bunch of custom libraries that have been uh, pre-recorded for us. Ah, uh, gotcha. And it depends on the on the situation for that. You know, if it's a matter of I have this thing that I know I can record, and I think that's going to fit the sound that I'm doing, then I'll absolutely grab some microphones and go and make that happen. Um, right. And if that's not an option, then it's off to the sound libraries we go. So, did that's you cool. get to beat up an old car with a sledgehammer then? Uh, not for this particular project, but at one point in my life I didn't. It was incredibly satisfying. I can imagine <laughs> that would be. So, I mean, be, because you because BioWare's um is is an EA um studio, I mean, I I imagine there's a huge library of like every sound that's ever been created by an EA property. So, you probably have millions and millions of sound files to to go through. Is it is it very often that you have to be like, okay, I've never heard this sound before. I've got to go out and I've got to make it. Or is it just, man, now I got to sift through, you know, so many thousands of files to find the exact one that I want. Um, in, in, in regards to having a bunch of libraries that were for like any game ever kind of thing, uh, you know, Bioware definitely has a number of libraries that they've pre-recorded for different things. Um, but especially for Anthem, because it was so different than anything else they've done, a lot of it was very new. Um, so a lot of it... And I mean, I came into the game a little bit late as well. I mean, I started in uh, June of 2018? 2018. Yeah, last year. So the game was almost at alpha at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the stuff that they wanted for the game, they actually already went out and recorded. So there were a bunch of libraries from that that we already used. Um, but typically we try to sort of like update as we go and really define a very specific sound palette for whatever game that we're working on. Very cool. So when, so when they come to, with, to you with like, Hey, we have this idea for a Gravit King. Do you get a picture? Does someone say this is the idea that we have? Or is it like you figure it out, you come back and give us what a Gravit King sounds like. I mean, what's, what's the pipeline on, on creating something like that? For sure. Uh, typically, if it's super early in the process, we'll be getting all the concept art and stuff like that in, and we get to kind of see the start of what it looks like. Uh, personally, I like it when I can see at least animations that are kind of blocked in, not necessarily perfectly smooth or anything, but just an idea of how the thing moves, uh, because I think the movement of the character is the biggest aspect of what it's going to sound like. 
you know, the visual art is one thing and you can see it and you can see what kind of thing they're going for. But until you see the way it moves, I don't think you get a really perfect sense of what that creature or what that thing is going to do. So on a personal level, like if I, if I have the chance to, and if uh, it's available to me, I'd look at the concept art and start thinking of, you know, okay, well, it looks kind of cartoonish or it looks very heavy and metallic or whatever it may be. And I'll start to think of it from there, but I really do the bulk of my work once I see the uh, the blocking of the animation come in. Very cool. Because I, I, I mean, I can imagine when when you got concept art for Grabbit, because it looks like a little demon rabbit, right? It's like, okay, so you'd have to take something that's cute and something that's like nightmare fuel. It's like, how do you how do you come up with a sound like that? Because they're, they're, I mean, the Grabbit doesn't have fur, so you can't really like go to the, it's like, okay, I need something that kind of sounds furish. I mean... What what does a gravit even sound like? Yeah, it's a weird one for sure. I mean, you know, it's it's sort of slightly obvious from from the look of it that it's definitely somewhat rabbit based. So, you know, a lot of it is kind of start there. Okay, what do we think a rabbit really sounds like? You know, and if you think about it hard, rabbits don't make a whole lot of sound, really. Nope, they, they say what's bit, up, doc. But and... it's a lot of just kind of little snifflies and stuff like that. So then you have to start thinking, okay, what would a creature of that size sound like and a lot of that is the sort of chitter right if you think of otters in particular have that sort of like chittery kind of yelpy kind of stuff going on is usually a big one or um anything of that sort of smallish nature is more what you go for and then you sort of build on that so the grabbit's mouth opens in a different way than most earthly creatures so how would that affect what it sounds like is there more skin that you can hear as it opens its mouth to talk is they're more like saliva almost to accompany the fact that their mouth opens in such a different way. And you sort of build ideas off of that. that very cool. Because I mean, if like the, the grabbits are weird looking creatures, I mean, they've got those weird things inside their throats and you're like, man, how can, I don't, grabbits are weird. They're, they're, they're so- fascinating because they're so weird looking. And the idea of like, and now you have to make a sound for this thing that fascinates me. Um, so as, as someone that, that does audio and video games like what's how do you get into audio for video games because it's not like a a um what's the word i'm looking for it's not something that i often think about when we talk about video games usually i think oh you either go to programming or you go to animating for some reason for me like i don't think of audio that often maybe i just take it for granted that video games sound the way they sound but there's you know actually teams working on this so how does one get started in like the audio field in video games if if that's a question that even makes sense the funny thing about that question and we're all asked that a lot especially from students that are going through university and stuff like that and the unfortunate reality of it is that you ask any single person and they'll all give you a different answer on how they managed to get into this role um for me personally i went to a school called vancouver film school i did a music degree first and then i decided that i wanted to do entertainment industry Uh, So I did a one-year program for sound design for visual media at VFS. Um, And by doing that, they taught us the film side of it and the video game side of it. So we did both kinds of roles, um, but all based around sound design. Uh, It was a one-year and the most intense course I think I've ever taken in my entire life. Um, But by the end of it, you really do have a skill set that you can utilize for pretty much any kind of entertainment field that relates to sound design. Um, in terms of getting into the industry and and starting work at BioWare, um, I sort of stumbled into that. I kind of lucked out in that one, really. Um, A number of 
the audio designers at Bioware all went to the same school. Okay. And so it's a bit of a staple kind of thing that, oh, yeah, you went to VFS. That's, you know, they know that skill level. They know what comes out of that program. So it sort of became a very standard place to look for junior sound designers is recent grads of VFS. So six months out of school, I got an email that Bioware was looking for another audio artist, a junior audio artist to join the team and try it out. And I applied and I went from there. Well, very cool. And, and, and from there, so you were, you worked on Anthem, you've been there for a little bit. And then more recently, you've actually moved on to, to improbable. And so how has your role changed moving from studios? I mean, are you still doing the same thing or they're like, all right, Presley, now you're in charge of this whole department and you're kind of on your own. So like, how has that transition been? It's been a very unique but really fun transition all the same. Uh, Bioware had a team of, I think at max, it was about 12 or 13 on the audio team. So we all sort of fit into these roles um, that we had to accomplish. So I did creature sound design and UI sound design and then occasionally got thrown into the realm of weapons. Um, With the new job... Uh, it's a newer game design company. You know, the, the, the gaming aspect of it is, is, is a bit newer. And so all of the teams are small. I think we have under 100 people at the moment. And um, at the current moment, I am the audio department. Oh, so oh, nice. you are the audio department. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little bit different than how it was before then. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. No pressure. Uh, no, it's actually a lot of fun. It's really, really cool. It's it's really, really challenging. I unfortunately can't say much about it, um, but I think it's going to be a pretty cool project that's shaping up to be some pretty interesting stuff. Um, and I'm really, really excited that I get this opportunity to um, sort of grow my own skill set at the same time. Well, I think that sounds like a great opportunity. I mean, we're we're starting to see um, Improbable makes the the spatial OS. Which I which I learned today is an add-on for the Unreal Engine, and we are starting to see games come out that are using that add-on for Unreal. And the, the one thing that I like, I mean, it's there are always so many cool video games coming out for so many different publishers and developers that you know what? There's there's never a lack of good video games to play, and there's never a lack <laughs> of excitement for those video games. So I'm excited for for what you have going on at the studio, and excited to hear. I, I'm excited to hear. See, that's an audio pun for me. That's I'm excited to hear what comes out <laughs> of um, Improbable. So um, Presley's going to hang out with us. We're going to talk a lot about the Cataclysm. So I guess first things first. I should have said this up front because I think there's an expectation like oh you have an ex-bioware developer on your show you're gonna ask a bunch of um anthem questions and we could do that but i'm guessing presley that you would just give us the answer like well i can't talk about that so in <laughs> instead of having that conversation over and over again um we're just gonna let you talk about the things that you can talk about as we talk about the cataclysm talk about your experience in the cataclysm because you um the amount of time that you've been playing it also so so for all the people that are be like, yeah, you guys never ask developers the hard questions. It's like, well, because that would be a boring conversation because most of the time you can't answer them, right? So Presley, you can't Correct. tell us what's coming next in Anthem for like the next six months, right? 
She's like, no, I cannot tell. Where's you the that. cricket noise? Yeah, so a- <laughs> I actually don't have that one queued up. So, and you know, to prevent all that dead noise, we're just not going to ask those questions because I know we've we've been we've been called out before for not asking those types of questions. So I asked it once. I tried. We got the answer that we thought we were going to. So we're going to move on. All right. So very cool. Um, so a couple of housekeeping things that we have for episode 99. If you want to call and leave us a message, you can do that at 505-386-7917. Or you can leave us an email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Um, we would like to thank two new bosses that we have for the show. So Jules and Timothy have joined our Patreon at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. And we just want to give a shout out to them. Thanks so much for supporting the show. Um, it means a ton to us. I mean, this is a small little thing that we never thought would get any traction. And I think by just sure force of will of us being here week after week after week, we've kind of built something up. Um, so thank you for finding value in the things that we do. Um, I think I think we have the best Anthem community community out there. I would put it up against any other community. I mean, we've got... We've got the coolest community members that hang out in our discords, listening to our shows, people that are super talented, come from every walk of life. I mean, from all around the country, you have people from Japan, people from South Africa, um, people from Australia that listen. And it, I like I get emotional thinking crazy, about right? it. I, I mean, it is crazy because like there's no reason anyone should be listening to this show, right? I mean, it's a terrible, terrible show. So I, I'm surprised that people do, and I'm grateful that you all do. Um, it means it means a ton to us. So I'll I'll stop before I start crying. I mean, we've got Phaedrin, we've got Alaska in the chat. Phaedrin is currently writing a novel about cataclysm feedback that we will get to. Um, we just can't read it right now, Phaedrin, but we will get to it. Maybe we'll even call you here in a minute. All right. So news that has happened in the world of Anthem. Um, today we learned that Ben Irving, lead director of the game, is lead leaving producer. Bioware after eight years. Lead, lead producer. producer. I think he was. I think his last title was game director. So I'm pretty sure it was. Let me pull this up really quick while Mike and Devin stall for me. I don't think it was. I think he only ever introduced himself to us as lead producer. You are correct, Mike. All right, so um, Ben put out this statement today on Twitter. He said, after eight amazing years of Bioware, I've made the decision to move on. Should I read it like Ben? Should I try to have like an Australian I, accent? No, you I, I don't think that. you should. <laughs> I mean, I could... Service. <laughs> okay, I'll just read it. I'll just read it. Normal. I'll read it straight. All right. After eight amazing years at Bioware, I have made the decision to move on and have accepted an exciting opportunity at another gaming company that he did not name, by the way. Since the first time I played Baldur's Gate many, many years ago, Bioware has the dream place I always was the dream place I always wanted to work. Um, I will forever be grateful to the Freelancer Codex podcast. I added that. He didn't really say that. <laughs> I will forever be grateful to all the people who gave me the chance to work on a great products with amazing people. I believe Anthem has a bright future. There's a great team working on it, and I look forward to following its progress and playing it from the sidelines. I've really enjoyed interacting with the Anthem community, streams, Twitter, and Reddit. Though the good times, through the good times and the tough times, you all are great in, in great hands with um, with AJ and Jesse and have been for some time now. I wish nothing but the best from all of you, signed, Ben. So, I mean, like, friend of the show, Ben has come on. He was a, he was a guest. He popped in a couple times. Um, anytime we've had personal interactions with Ben, he's been a real great chap. I think that's how they say it in Australia. Um, 
so we've had a lot of we've had a lot of fun with them and we wish them the best um in the game industry people move around a lot of the times i'm sure a lot of people want to read into this like you know things are going bad um and you if you want to read into it that way you can no one's going to stop you we're not going to tell you how to feel but um from our community just we wish you the best bin we hope that wherever you go you enjoy it there and you have fun because really what else can we say i mean we can speculate all day about why who where and how much money he's making but i don't know if that <laughs> adds anything to the conversation right most of that's not really important right i mean it we're doesn't. just we appreciate all that he's done for anthem and you know all the time he took to came and talk to us and it was a lot of fun so yeah so Presley, does his hair really look that that nice? I mean, I know he probably like took the, you know a picture of his hair for his Twitter account profile, like right after he did it. But his hair can't look that good all the time, right? The the few times I've actually seen him in person since he was in Austin, most of the time he he the hair is pretty good. It's 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 pretty luxurious, <laughs> I gotta say. I mean, it the looked that way the whole time. Context. We ask the hard <laughs> questions here. <laughs> And all of us are, question. except for JD, we're all, you know, hair challenged, so. And it's just like every day as my hair recedes, you know, closer and closer to the back of my scalp, I think, man, if only I was like Ben. All right, so anyway, moving on from that, um, Ben, we hope everything goes well for you. So there has been a new arena that has opened up in the Cataclysm. So we went through three arenas. The fourth one is opened up. That one, what's the technical name on it? We call it the beach here at the Freelancer Codex. That is Diana's Landing. So there's a little outpost out there, and it is open up. So there are now currently four active events that you can complete in the Cataclysm. So real quick, I want to get everyone's opinion on the Cataclysm so far. Um, Devin, I will start with you. All right, so for me, Cataclysm is great <clears throat> when you have a good, a good team that communicates. Or if you get lucky... I have not been lucky with randoms. Um, they frustrate me greatly. I, my biggest problem, I think, for me is I played a lot of Cataclysm uh, during the PTS, right? And yes. so then I lost all that progress, all that ability, all the gear, you know, the weapons, everything I really liked. We went back to the live service game, and then I'm going in and I'm playing with people who don't have any idea what to do, and it's really frustrating. <laughs> And because like you're trying to help them along, but they're not talking to you. You can't, you know, you're not talking. There's no easy way to communicate. Hey, come over here, do this, you know, type of thing. And so it's kind of a little frustrating. Is your voice chat on? Yeah, my voice chat's on. So, but they're not talking back. And I'm just like, all right, do what you want. But uh, no, I mean, it's really good. It's a lot of fun to play. I mean, that's why I played it a lot in PTS. It was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it. But you know, like I saw on you, you before the show, I you know I I should have just like you said gone and finished Vera, but it was so frustrating because they kept doing like half the puzzles, was not doing everything, and it's like they knew what they were doing. They were starting the puzzles and going through stuff, but then only half doing it, and then two of the people were just kind of standing around doing nothing, and so I just left. I was really frustrated. <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot of fun when you can have a, a group of people to play with. And or you can go by yourself and nobody's bothering you. <laughs> but so and, and Presley, I wanted to ask you because this is kind of a weird question because it's like, okay, so you worked on Bioware on Anthem for a really long time as a job. Like, do do you work on a game for a job and then want to go home and play that game? Or are you like, man, I really just want to do something different and play a different game? Or have you been jumping into the cataclysm like, you know, anytime any chance that you have? 
Um, it was a little bit of time after working there of like, all right, it's, you know, I work on this for eight plus hours a day. It's, I see the game over and over and over again. Uh, at that point, the uh, desire to go home and keep playing the game that I just worked on all day uh, was definitely not huge. Um, every once in a while, a few of us would jump in and just see what it's like um, completely away from the idea of working on it. Um, and I find I'll, me in particular, I'm definitely getting more and more into the whole like, yeah, I got to I gotta pick up the, the pace now. I got to catch up with everybody now that I sort of took a few months away from it. And I'm actually really looking forward to get back into it. So so you have a lot of grinding to do. You got a lot of gear to to pick up then. I got a lot of catching up to do, yeah. But I'm excited for it. I'm actually super stoked. <laughs> just don't use the javelin you want if you want to buy something. Like that, that's true. So, Mike, what has your experience been? Because then I, I have a lot of tips for Devin for solving a lot of the problems he's created for himself. I I enjoy the cataclysm. I enjoy the story behind it. I enjoy the puzzles. I enjoy going through. I, th- I think it's still pretty buggy. I I can't seem to fly very far without becoming victim to the cataclysm i i see i tend to go down a lot and that's frustrating um but i i enjoy it it's fun it's a good time i dislike playing with devin because he doesn't know what to do that's frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) he's never where he's supposed to be i think that's the biggest thing and he blames everybody else for some reason he's always got this (laughs) me versus them thing it's he true. calls people random a lot. I don't. I don't necessarily <laughs> care for that. You're wondering why your nickname is random all of a sudden. Stop dying. Do something. No. Whatever. I mean, it is what it is. I enjoy it. I, I encourage players to know what to do um, when you get in because it's because Devin's right. It's super frustrating. It wouldn't be bad if people are trying to learn what to do, but if you're going to be actively working against what I'm trying to do then then it's it's not fun and we quit and and we you know we jump into another lobby and so i mean they shouldn't be trying to learn on grandmaster 3 i mean that's that's just my opinion if you're trying to learn something don't go on the hardest difficulty where people are trying to push score and trying to accomplish things um i mean you can if you want i mean it's my own fault i'm playing by myself (laughs) all right i understand it's my problem i play by you know sometimes when i play by myself I'm asking for it, so um, no. I, I can still be mad and not like them. No, <laughs> I, I think you raise you raise a good point though. Like, like if you're gonna push those higher difficulties, there's an assumption there that you know what to do, and you're there, you're there pushing the leaderboards, and you're. I mean, there's I at mean, least a hope, right? Else, you hope they know well, what they're doing. Well, but why else jump in to a GM three? It, it doesn't. You you don't get anything extra out of it. You want somebody to carry you through, so you can get loot for free maybe well you know what and maybe and that's but that's in every game i mean we experience i know destiny I with you guys a lot right <laughs> yeah because because we're the ones you're the one yeah uh-huh. I, jumping yeah. puzzles mike yeah. jumping puzzles yeah. all right <laughs> all right so real yeah. so i'll get i'll give it's you a guys long some, history here i'll it's give a, you some tips <laughs> It's a heated history, and you better. I'll stop you guys before it gets before, before it gets too crazy. So, first of all, Devin, you are correct. So, so you're correct. Hey, Mike, you said I'm correct. Yes, yeah. you're correct. People should That's not be. I mean, that big-headed guy, an ego boost. Your head is so huge. Devin, is that mute button ready for Mike? Yeah, 
<laughs> okay, so people should not be going in and learning. Sorry, dog. My bad. Didn't mean to get in your way there. So people should not be playing Grandmaster Three and just you know going for people to to you know hey boost me through this collect the crystals for me. I'll just hang out here and look like I'm doing something. That's not the place to do that. Um, and I think one of the issues is there are some guides out there that you can read to figure out, oh, this is what I need to do. But unless you've actually been in there and, and have done it, the guides don't help too much. A lot of this is like, I mean, you really have to fine tune the way that you that you get your score in this. So it really sucks that people are doing that in Grandmaster 3. I think it's probably because you play a lot later. So there's a bigger pool of people that are on. I play super early yeah. in the morning. So I play with a lot of people that, you know, really know what they're doing. Um, and it seems like it's a lot of the same people every time I jump on. So I know that these people know how to run it. We can run Grandmaster 3. You know, we can get around 6 million points per run just because we're collecting everything. Not really trying to push the, high, the score as high as we can. We're mostly doing crystal runs on that difficulty. Um, and it's frustrating, especially on Grandmaster 3, because like the new the new event... Like, if you don't have gear prepped for that, that's a really hard event to do, especially for a storm that doesn't have great components. You can die really fast to a lot of those turrets and a lot of those other Valkyries that are out there. So, I mean, one of the best things you could probably do is just run it on Grandmaster 2. Um, there are ways as, as the Interceptor to solo every puzzle that they have right now. So it might just oh, be yeah. you have to take it upon yourself to do all the puzzles and go find all the um, hidden stuff and, and go from there. Because it can be frustrating without a group, especially in a game where we're, we're supposed to be cooperative, but not a lot of people use those methods of communication to make it easier to complete. Like yep. the, the, the communication wheel is okay. It's not enough. I mean, there is a way that you can actually type messages out, but people only receive those if they have certain things turned on. So that doesn't always help all the time either. So the best thing to do is to find a group and run with that group. Um, Unfortunately, you just have to figure out when everyone's on, and that's not always possible all the time. So real quick, schedules, right? yeah, schedule, schedules schedules are tough. Um, so high scores, what have your guys' high scores been? Seven. Seven million? Points. Oh, seven points. Well done, Mike. <laughs> that's like seven crystals I think you got. Devin, what is your high playing, score? Playing with uh, I think with my group there is who's around four million, something like that. Three okay, I'll, I'll teach you guys how to do it after the show so where you guys get some, get some real points here. <laughs> like, so, like I said, I've been playing with randoms who don't know what they're doing. Yeah, so Ray in the chat has said he's placed 18 on uh, PlayStation Network, so congrats to Ray. That's nice. a very high um, ranking on the leaderboard. Um, so congrats, man. That's pretty awesome. Um, so a couple tips that I would give to people, and this is, I mean, I, I hate to say tips because this is like, oh, they said do this and it's not working for me. But, I mean, go download the map that we have on our Discord. It has a lot of this stuff that it seems like people miss a ton of the time. Usually after we complete the four different events, I'll start from the left side of the map, follow the beach all the way down, and just hit every single um, little hidden secret, like the Echo Plates, um, the Gravit King. I'll just hit all those. There's a couple bombs that you're missing on that map. I'll have to show them to you. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of the bombs I don't have on there. Like the D20s that are over there on the beach in the beginning... People never put those in. So I'm like, what are what is everyone else doing? Because most of the hidden stuff is outside on that beach. So I don't know what people are doing if they're not doing these puzzles. Um, I might just be confused, or maybe they're confused, but I'm like, oh, no one's done this one. I guess I'll do this one now, and then I'll guess I'll move on to this one. But like, yep. 
do do the beach event last, kill everyone, start over there at the Dominion Vault, and then work your way down all the way back to the beginning, and then go kill Vera from there. Because um, people just tend to not pick those things up. And that will also help you with the challenges. There's a challenge to collect so many orange orbs um, to get mm-hmm. some of the other wraps, so you got to do that. And it's also possible because there's a lot of people that will go in just to do the time rune runs to get that wrap because a bunch of people really like that wrap. So maybe that's what you're running into, Devin. Maybe a lot of people are just farming time runes and they're not even focused on completing the challenge. Yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, sometimes you go in there and they're worried, like they'll start off in the very first puzzle and they're just like killing enemies or you go there like the one earlier today. One of the guys was just dropping, you know, all, all of the... Uh, Pistons or whatever you want to call them. All the pylons. And uh, it's like, okay, whatever, you know. So, and then because they, they want to do the Valkyrie, you know. And so, you just need to construct additional pylons. Construct yeah. additional Vespian gas. So, Presley, when, <laughs> when you were in uh, at the studio, did you guys have play dates like where you guys, all right, all the teams get together, we're going to run the Cataclysm and we're going to see who gets the highest score? Um, when I was there, uh, there wasn't as much of that. Not not necessarily like you would go and just say, okay, at this time we're doing it. It's more like, I'm going to test this feature. Uh, let's do it as a run-through of this thing. Uh, so we'd get a few people together. If, uh, if we were testing that kind of thing, we'd just say, all right, this is the thing we're testing. Let's see what happens from there. Uh, and that seemed to be a majority of uh, the sort of like play date thing that we kind of did there. So did, So did you guys have like a studio leaderboard? Um, that only employees saw from Bioware. Oh God, did we? <laughs> so, so uh, at least not on not that I was a part of. So you guys um, had sure no fun at Bioware. We had it happen, but so you guys were not having any fun, and that's why. Yeah, I've been raisin brand in the kitchen. I know. Steven, come on, right? <laughs> well, I, I'm actually surprised that that didn't happen, but um. Maybe we should make it up. We'll petition to Bioware. It's like, let us see your internal leaderboards. See, see who's doing the best over there. See who's so, the best. Yeah. I support it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, all, we'll all write a petition, a, fi- a four-person petition to Bioware. So um, there's also extra puzzles to summon Valkyries, like Ray Up said in the chat. Um, you can summon a bunch of Valkyries. If you do the pylon challenge, if you get all seven pylons down under 55 seconds, you'll summon a Valkyrie. If you go over to the Echo Plates, after you collect all your five echoes, you put them into the receptacles and you spawn the crystal. Take one out. That'll spawn one of the Valkyries. If you go over to the time gate events, um, there's four different pieces of a relic that you have to put back into the relic before it explodes. If you make, if you pick up each of the four relics, reset them through the time gates. So each one that you pick up, all four of them have to be reset once. You'll summon the Valkyrie. And then if you go over to the beach at Diana's Landing, there's actually, after you kill the gatekeeper, pick up the um, key, there's a little receptacle over on the left side. There's a terminal that if you push, um, it'll summon the Valkyrie there. So you get a lot of points for summoning the Valkyrie. Valkyries on Grandmaster 3 are pretty tough. They take a lot of time to take down. So you kind of have to weigh the... You know, do you Frozen spend the, yeah? Do you spend the extra two minutes taking down the Valkyrie, or do you move on and get the points? I mean, that'll really depend on team composition. I'm sure there's a lot of teams out there that can burn the Valkyries down really well, but if you're in a random group, you know, it kind of you take the chance of not being able to do that. So, all right. So, what do you guys think about the puzzles so far? The four that we have. Do you think? I mean, are they too hard? Are they too easy? I mean, Devin, sounds like some of your groups are having difficulties getting them complete. 
Um, Mike, what do you think about the difficulty levels of the four puzzles that we have currently? Um, I don't find them difficult. It's a lot of grab this, put it here, grab that, put it there. I think the difficulty comes in with the communication. Who's doing what? Who took the echo out before I came through the barrier that makes them, you know, leave? Because it, it seems like all the puzzles are time sensitive. They all have, they're all doing something to affect your the time that you have left to to take on Vera. And so if, if that's, if you can balance that with your team, if you know who's doing what, I mean, if you have a, a guy taking you through for the first time and he says, all right, you guys do this, we're all going to do this together, but wait, I'm going to go over here, that kind of messes stuff up. You know, just are you talking about someone piece. we know? Are you are you hinting at someone that? No, no, no. Yeah, I, okay. I, could, I could say his name. He doesn't listen to the show anyway. <laughs> no, you you could say it. I'm sure he'd be fine. He wouldn't know. Um, we'll know, call him Billiam. How about that? That's that's the challenging part because the puzzles themselves. Probably when you go in for the first time, it's a little bit okay. What do we do here? What exactly are we supposed to do? Um, but with these four, they're pretty straightforward. You know what to do. Lower the pylons in the timely manner. Here's where the echoes are. Go take them in the room. Get the other echoes out. Bring them out. Put them where they go. Um, Devin, we had a hard time with the timed gates. We thought that there was something we could do to to turn those gates off. And we we're like, what's happening? You know. So it's there's a bit of a learning curve, but but having the PTS has been a great advantage. And so now we're like, okay, do this. It's becoming very procedural now which is fine, um, but it's just communicating and having a good team to go with it and having everything polished, you know, quickest routes, using the teleporters, finding the puzzles that are on your on the way, um, the, not the puzzles, but the bonuses that are on the way so that you're not wasting time and backtracking and stuff. So, Devin, what do you think it's about not, it's the... It's not bad. Yeah, what do you think about the difficulty, Devin? Um, I think it's fine they're they're fun to learn you know in the very beginning they're they're fun and um some of the later ones that they're going to bring out um i look forward to people trying those out I, it was definitely interesting you know in the pts where it was like just a couple of them and then they're like okay all of them are there and so and then they just left them there for a really long time so it was easy it was easy for us to run them because they were always there and that's also another part of my problem is it's like okay there's it just kind of messed up everything <laughs> of my flow of how we would go through the cataclysm, you know, and the experience. Um, Cause there was no ramp up or, you know, like they're doing now where it's the weekly, or, okay, this is, you know, we have three and now we're doing four and then we're doing five. And, and, but I understand that's what they're, they're doing to keep people coming back each week. There's new, okay. There's a new puzzle this week. You got to come check it out do this. But I think the difficulty is fine. It is. It seems like the echoes give the people the most trouble because, um, you know, either they're not paying attention. If you have one person that's not paying attention, they grab an echo or just run into it. Or if they don't know that they can't go through the gate, you know, and you lose your, your peace and, um, just those little things that can cause problems. And again, it all comes down to the communication and, um, you know, people just listening or when they're brand new and don't know, you know, again, when you're playing with randoms, it's hard to, you know, know what they know. So, because you don't know if they're brand new, if this is only a couple of times and somebody else always completes this part of the puzzle. I don't really know. Um, you know, I mean, it's, 
I just like assume until they go through them and try it. Yeah, I just assume that anyone that wears the gravit ears are brand new. So that's what I assume. It's like they ran it once, <laughs> they got the gravit ears, they put them on. This is their second time running it. So that's that's just the assumption I, I make. I still don't have my gravit ears. What? Um, that's funny. That's weird, Devin. So I I actually really like the way that they're ramping up the puzzles. Um. Because it makes it different every week. So it's not the same thing for like the whole six weeks that we're going to be going through this. It gives it a little bit of, a little bit of variety for the event, which I really enjoy. Because you're right. When they had the PTS open for, you know, 57 days where we had access to the majority of the things for half the time, it just seemed like, okay, we're doing the same thing again. But now that they're ramping these up one per week, it actually makes it feel like, okay, there's something different. You know, those challenges where you have to get a million points, those are going to become easier and easier for everyone because it's going to be, you have more options to get more points. So, I mean, even, even that way, ramping up the score to where people will be able to complete those harder challenges, I, I like the way that they did that. I think I would prefer it if there was something for those people that, you know, made it onto the top 500 leaderboards. Um, currently, right now, if you're the top of the leaderboard, they're going to put your name on, they, they called it a Cortex. I don't know where they're housing that. Currently... Your your name is um in what's what's the word when it's like for there forever it's not engraven it's bolded immortalized it's immortalized on the EA answer forums <laughs> so for people that go there that's cool to see um but it'd be cool if it was somewhere in the yeah, game but I mean the problem with the leaderboards is all the you know the ways you can basically cheat the leaderboard you know right right now and get yourself a higher score so uh, it's frustrating because you can kind of glitch a few things and get yourself a higher score and so. That, I don't know. I, right now, like the leaderboards are tainted for me, anyways, because you can kind of cheese them a little bit and get a higher score and, and really help out. But I don't know how how much that affects it. You know, have you guys tried to see if the Vara bug is still in there? Uh, if you don't complete it and it still adds to the multiplier, um, that, that that is not in there. No. That one isn't in there anyway. There's a couple other things that people are doing that Devin's referring to. I don't know if we should talk about them here. Maybe we'll talk about them after they fix them. Um, cause I guess you don't want to, I don't know. It, it's tough to decide what's a the bug. More people know the faster they'll have to fix it. Right. Or they won't, whatever. Or, or they won't. And then it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's a name at the top of a leaderboard that doesn't mean much, but I don't know if you like, if you talk about it, if it makes the, I mean, it's all over the internet, right? Well, I, I'm, we don't need to talk about it. You can, if they want to find it, they can find it. It'll, it'll be like the story stuff. We'll talk about it later if it's something that continues to persist. Because if they leave it in there, then they're okay with that. And if that's the case, then everyone needs to know about it so that they can push that score. Because then at that point, it's just like, okay, this is something that happens. This is a way to get more points. And you go from there. So we can talk about that later. All right. Um, I think that's enough about the cataclysms. Do you guys want to talk about the story of the cataclysms? Or do you want to jump into this sweet quiz that I that I set up for you guys? Ooh, quiz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> how, how about I do the quiz, then we'll go to the story. How about I do the story real quick? I'll just breeze through the story for the people that are interested in the story and a couple of the points that are out there. I know Mike is like falling asleep right now because I mentioned the word story. So really quick. Um, so, so funny. I, I know, Mike. It's hilarious. So Boom Nation says story. So we're going to go with chat. Okay, the cataclysm story. This is kind of interesting. So the spear is actually a... It's the call sign of Vera herself. Um, she has a group of Valkyries. They're called the Wings of the Spear. Um, she is one of the higher-ranking individuals. Sorry, my dog is like... I don't know what he's doing right now. Knock it off, dog. So he, so Vera is one of the high-ranking high individuals in, in the Dominion. Um, 
currently there's still a lot unknown of whether or what happened to break off um, Vera and her people from the Dominion themselves. We know that the monitor that we fought was actually the brother of Vera, which um, which we, we don't exactly know, you know why that connection matters yet. But I'm guessing that we will know more in the future because currently we only have about half the story. We know that Dr. Harkin is alive. We were given a quest from the Grandmaster um, Adams to go out and investigate some Dominion stuff that was going on. We found Dr. Harkin. He's trying to, you know, bring about another cataclysm. We find out that he's able to teleport inside of a Strider, which if if you don't read a lot into the Cortex, that's something that like really shouldn't be possible. It's super dangerous for people to trans you know, to teleport like that. Most people that do it go mad. But to be able to do that inside of a Strider with that kind of precision is... It makes me think that Dr. Harkin is not really human because the guy's just kind of a, an enigma already. So I'm guessing Dr. Harkin is not human, okay? So we find out that he actually wants to try and stop Vera from creating this cataclysm, we think. Um, or we're just being used for him to further his goals somehow, which is He's probably very possible. Stuff, is my opinion. He's just testing himself. Well, testing different things. Like he's, what I see it as, like he set up what she is doing, and he's also setting up what we're doing, and he's kind of going back and forth and getting results. You know, so he has hypotheses and he's testing each side of the things that he's trying to do. And both sides are trying to accomplish a goal for him and working against each other, but they don't know that he has pitted them against each other. In my opinion, yeah, I mean, this is just what I, I mean, we def- definitely he is pulling strings like that. We don't even know exactly what he's up to, right? And, and you're probably right. We, we know that Vera melds with a shaper relic. Um, I don't know if that shaper relic is the spear itself, which is very possible. I mean, we know Helena had a sword. That's probably we're going to hear about in the future. So I don't know if like this spear is actually the spear of straw that she picked up when she fought off the Urgoth. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on that they they allude to. We also they don't talk much about what why Vera is doing this, except for a little clips of I think she is actually fighting against the Urgoth and she's trying to find a way to stop the Urgoth. I don't know if that's creating an alternate reality where they never existed. If that's her plan, maybe we'll learn more as the cataclysm rolls on. But it seems like her goal is to save her people from the Urgoth. And this is the way that she is planning on doing that. We as freelancers, we shut down cataclysm. So we're going to go stop her. Um, Harkin is going to help us. He creates the egress for our Dawn Shield. The egress actually lets us access this alternate reality. And our freelancer also mentions something called the Satinuator. But there's no mention of that. There's no mission where we actually do that, where we give you know pieces for Harkin to make a attenuator for us. I don't know if something was cut from the game, and they just kind of had to shorten that down. So there's something in there that that's missing about a attenuator. I don't know if it's important. It's probably not. It got cut. Maybe it got cut for who knows why. So we help Harkin. We throw Harkin that's in not jail. The pieces that we had to go grab in the beginning. That's, no, that's so, what we had to go grab. That's what we grab for the egress. Oh, so the attenuator is something completely different. Um, but uh, 
yeah, so we don't know anything about that. We probably won't because it sounds like it got cut from the story. But And then we've got Harkin in jail. He wants us to go test out a couple things in the Cataclysm to figure out, you know, how to shut this thing down. And he's like, I don't know. Go figure it out. Go test it. Be an Arcanist. You know, so that's currently what we're doing. We're going to the Cataclysm over and over again. We're eventually going to find something that'll stop it. And so far, that's where we are with the story. Um, I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, we've seen a lot of what happens in the PTS, but that doesn't mean things could have been added or things could have been changed. So I'm excited to see where we go from here. It's an exciting time. I want to know what's up with that spear because I'm guessing it's super important, but I could also be wrong. So who knows? Presley, what inside details do you have about the story that you can share with us? It's cool. All right. Fair (laughs) enough. So that is, that, that's kind of the story for now. We'll talk more about it as, as we go up with the cataclysm. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I have a sound game. Since Presley is in an audio department, I have pulled off 10 sounds from the internet that I have found. Some of them are from Anthem themselves. Some of them are very iconic sounds that are easily recognizable. So what we're going to do, I am going to play a clip. <laughs> You guys are going to call out your name when you think you know what it is. If you get it right, you get a point. And if you don't get it right, well, then you don't get a point. So I'll play it as many times as you guys want. Um, So if you call out your name and you get it wrong, you can't guess anymore. You just get one chance at this, okay? So um, a couple of of these are going to be really easy. I expect you to get them really fast just to kind of warm up. Some of these are, are, are kind of hard. So I've got five that are not from Anthem, then I have five that are from Anthem. So, And I think a lot of these are things that you worked on, Presley, if I'm not mistaken, from Anthem. Well, so if you, so if you do if not get these, stuff. yeah, so if you don't get these, we'll be super disappointed, okay? Mike, Devin, Presley, Rip. you guys ready? Um, ready. So one thing that we do when you, you have to call out something when to be called on. So it can be your name, it can be whatever. So Mike. Devin, Steven's voice. Did I get a point? Hey, that was really good, Devin. You got a point. That was my voice that you were hearing. So you guys just call out your names, okay? So here we go. This is the first audio clip playing now. Mike. Michael. Shuffling cards. That is shuffling cards. Well done, Mike. You get one point. All right, you guys ready? This one's going to be an easy one, so you guys better get ready. Mike. Uh. Mike. (laughs) I'm going to record that noise, and we will use that later. Mario jumping. Well done, Mike. Well done. All right. I'm pretty sure I, like, mumbled first, but it's okay. The mumble did not come through the audio. All right, here is the third one. I'll play it again. Devin. All right, Devin. Gunfire. That is incorrect. Yes. I didn't get a point. There we go. <laughs> Are we looking for a very specific thing here? Is that what's going on? Yep. This is this is the sound something makes when it hits something. This is like like iconic like Second book falling? It is not a book falling. I mean, you guys can at least try. We say it's iconic. We say yeah, we don't know what like, it is. It's iconic. <laughs> we haven't heard it. I mean, it's one like Sorry, it's America's, America's pastime. 
America's Fireworks. pastime. Yep. America. I'm not. I'm not American. <laughs> North America. Oh man. I mean, I'm pretty sure they they do this in Canada also. Fireworks? Pretty sure. Nope. Nope. I'm pretty. Is it? Is it? Is it? Um. Uh. Like a hockey puck hitting the side of the the, the rink. It it is not, but you're close. It is part of a sport. <laughs> there is sports involved. Hey, Phaedron got it right from the chat. This is the um the ball hitting the mitt. I will I will add Phaedron to what? here and I will give Phaedron no, a point. It's not. That is a no, baseball hitting a base nope. hitting a glove. It is negative. Nope. What? Negative. At what it speed? <laughs> um let Who's me go. Throwing that ball? Is it coming out of a machine? <laughs> a couple hundred miles an hour? Who's I'm gonna doing? add I'm gonna add Phaedron it sounds very here. Echoey coming from uh from your microphone. So I'm sitting there going, <laughs> What makes that much reverb? Where's yeah. that coming from? <laughs> All right, moving on to number four. Good job, Phaedron. Phaedron got it. You know, I'm okay. I'm proud here of we you, go. Phaedron. So this, this is so. What I'm looking for is tell us. is what makes this sound. So what object makes this sound? Play it again, Presley. Presley. That cracking ice. Um, it is not cracking ice. It's close. Okay. It's cracking something. Chips. It is not cracking chips. Paper. Not paper. <laughs> I know we're not supposed to keep guessing, but I'm you can keep guessing. Anyway. That's fine. We can change. We can change all of our all the rules of this game on the fly. Is it chewing? It is not chewing. This is actually, as I was looking for sounds, this one came up quite often. Oh, it's, oh, it's um, freaking vegetables of some nature. <laughs> I, I'll give it to you because it, so it's celery breaking. Is it celery? It's it celery. is celery. <laughs> I, will take, I will take vegetables of some nature and that will be close <laughs> enough. Funnily enough, though, it's 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 hilarious, right? Because uh, the whole like vegetables cracking thing is used for basically every sort of crack sound in a game ever. Um, <laughs> it's one of like the staple. Well, we need the sound of bones breaking, or we need the sound of whatever happening, and it almost always ends up being celery or lettuce or carrots. Usually, carrots are a big one, and just, it's always those things. A... <laughs> they just have such a nice, rich. Uh sound to them so i can see why all right this is number five so this one this will be one of those softballs that i throw up to you guys ready mike mike what he calls his name before you even heard of this bs well so mike you get to guess um it's picking up a coin in mario that is incorrect no it's not it's sonic that is sonic (laughs) picking up a ring But you didn't call your name, so... <laughs> well, I started calling my name, and then I stopped. I'm really bad at that part, okay? <laughs> All right, so this, so these next five are, are actually from Anthem. So these are gonna, I think these are going to be kind of tough, but I think you guys should be able to get these, I hope. All right, so this is first one from Anthem. Presley. Mike. I heard Presley first. A that is a grabbit. That is that is a grabbit by the river that I took a video of a really long time ago. Is that ago. from like the opening shot? No. Or is that just like recorded in game? Yeah, this is just recorded in game. All right. All right. So this 
I will give you guys a hint that this is one of the bosses that is currently in the game. So here, here we go. Mike. Mike. Swarm Tyrant. That is not the Swarm Tyrant. There's not that many bosses in the game, guys. <laughs> it's the boss at the end of the sunken one. <laughs> that is the boss at the end of the sunken cell. Is that is the, the <laughs> unfathomed. That's <laughs> So I will give Devin one point, finally. Devin and uh, Phaedron are tied now. So Devin's tied Go with someone from Phaedron. the chat. <laughs> okay, so this one, this one, you guys, you guys should know this one. This is one of the legendary weapons. Ready? So Presley, maybe you, uh, maybe you actually worked on this one. Mike. Mike. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Answer it. No, did I? Did I get called? I don't know. You I did. Yes. Presley just laughed, so I could not take that. Okay. Artinia's Gambit. That is Artinia's Gambit. Well done, Mike. That's Steven's favorite weapon is what that is. It really is. It's a great weapon. Uh, it's I love really it. really great. All right. So we got two more here. So Devin and Presley, you have the opportunity to tie it up if you get both of these right. So this one, this last one is pretty involved. I'm not going to give you any hints. So this will be the game on the line here. So second to last one. Here we go. I left a little hint at the end of that one so you guys would be able to figure it out a little bit easier. I'll play it one more time. Go ahead, Devin. Breaking the door off of the Strider. You're going to have to be more specific. During the events where you have to break the door off. Okay, that is incorrect. Oh, darn it. I'll play it one more time. All right, Presley. It's the... uh, Is it... The um, like when you're first meeting, um, wow, Preston, uh-huh. words <laughs> are right now. You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> the opening, ah, hey, and then you walk into the thing. Nope, this is the... not the opening. Okay. This is no, it's not. I know monitor. it's not the opening. It's when that you other fight bit. the monitor and it crashes, right? The, this is when... the strider into the monitor. This is when Halleck crashes the Strider into the monitor. So I'm going to give Phaedron Sorry, this point. You're dead. <laughs> dead to me, Phaedron. <laughs> Phaedron guessed it in the chat. So Presley, is that what, is that what you were going to say? I was trying to get there. My brain wasn't really going for it, but I was trying to get there. Okay, I, I can think... see it in my brain. It's when you defeat the monitor and Halleck's all like, we're here and we win and it's grand. That that is that is exactly the time. Okay, so this is this is the last one. So Phaedron can actually tie it now from chat. Um, Devin, there's no chance of you winning. So Mike Presley, if you guys get this, you will take it away. So this is this is a sound that I don't even know how I came across this. So here we go. <laughs> I'll play it again. I could, I could not stop laughing when I heard this, and I just had to record it. Devin. Devin. Is that Yarrow in the pub? That is not Yarrow in the in the pub. <laughs> Do it again. 
It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know what bit it's from, but it's incredible. It is. It's, I don't. I don't know how you even make this last sound. Ah! <laughs> 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 That's amazing. Any um, guesses? Give me a second. Does it have to do with Yarrow? It does not have to do with Yarrow. Phaedrin, no, you are incorrect Yarrow. in the chat. And it is from Anthem. It, this, this is actually from Anthem. It surprised me when I heard it. I said, I have to record that. Halleck laughing? That is Halleck laughing. That is correct. Boom! That's amazing. <laughs> I, I don't know, like, so this is at the very, again. this is at the very, I, I clipped out just that, the best part. So let me just go to the best part here. So like, <laughs> I don't know if he like got punched in the stomach or, or what happened, but it's like, this is at the very end. What scene does he make that sound? So this is, this is after you get the Dawn Shield working. Um, he gets real excited that the... Uh, that what is oh it called? Oh my god! Okay. Yeah. So Faye gets the Dawn Shield working. The shield actually powers up, and he's excited that we're gonna right. go stop the heart of the heart of rage. <laughs> so. All that matters yeah. is Phaedrin didn't win. So Phaedrin so did win. So so we had a tie between Mike and Presley. So well done. Thank you for playing. I just want to say that I would have won if I would have said my name instead of screamed at the Mario one. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> You you know, probably I would have won if I got more points than you, but whatever. She's uh, doing the best impression of John Madden. Saying, okay. so I don't know what games were, person with the most points at the end of the game wins. I don't know what impression Mike's doing though. So, guys, well, would have been me. Thanks for hanging out with us, Presley, on episode ninety-nine. It's been a lot of fun. I hope we were able to do it again in the future. We're excited to see what you have cooking up over there at Improbable. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I hope we hear about it soon, like in maybe like 2020. Give us some time because there's so many games coming out that it's, you know, <laughs> it's it's tough to add another one on the pile of games that we want to play because they're just, you know, it's a great time to be a gamer because there's so much fun, cool looking stuff that you can spend your time with. So um, I already know that September is going to be an absolute disaster for me. Oh, yeah. This September oh, yeah. is a rough month. So Between cool. WoW Classic and Borderlands 3, I'm see ya. <laughs> Bye. Well, WoW Classic, you'll have no time WoW for anything Classic. else. So Correct. Don't forget yeah. your arrows. Don't forget to feed Good your luck. pets. <laughs> Take the month off. What's going on? Don't forget that you all those yeah. all those things that all those things that we think are bugs are actually that's how the game ships. So um freelancers, yeah. thanks for hanging out with us in the chat. Thanks for playing this game with us. Phaedrin, I don't know how you 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 actually got points in this game that we're playing, so that that's I'm impressed, Adrian. So, um, mm-hmm. so until next time, there's a shaper storm on the horizon. We'll see you on the other side. Peace. Later. Thanks yeah. for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at mlamson25, at neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work.
It's so weird. <laughs>